Hello, dear heart. Welcome to the Flourishing Practitioners Podcast, where we talk all things about space holding, caring for our clients, and succeeding in our businesses. We explore the wisdom from coaches, counselors, and healers. My name's Gabrielle Walker, and I'm so honored that you're here. Let's dive in. Now, this is an introduction I found quite hard because Renee, who I am having a conversation with today, and I have known each other since Wonderkind began. And I know her in many contexts and many frames and many ways. And we have evolved in through many personas and many people across the time. Renee is a who is the director of Kota, a health and leadership academy and impact consulting, holistic mental health and social researcher, writer, coach, and entrepreneur. She's an archaeologist and a writer. She wrote for the rest of Australian. And she's just a divine human being. She is the epitome of maturity. I am so inspired by her journey and how she applies her lessons to her life. I often think of Renee when I need inspiration because her way of holding and seeing and viewing the world and tearing it apart and putting it back together inspires me so deeply. So this is a conversation that Renee and I held in May 2020. So this was definitely at our Hui, a COVID time discussion where, where I was deep in the, the unravelings and processing of business. And I am so grateful that Renee accepted my invitation to explore business and our journeys together. I really enjoy looking back to look forwards. It's something I'm really into. And there's not many people who I've known since the beginning of Wonderkind who have been a part of it in so many ways. Renee's given me business advice. She has checked people in for sessions at festivals. She's read over and given feedback on my booklets. She was actually a part of some early calls about the podcast in 2020 and looking at how to support me to get it out. I talk about it a lot in this podcast, so I won't go into it too much, but when I began my business, I truly and deeply was wearing many masks of corporateness and doing things a certain way that I thought business needed to look like, even though I was trying to bring in spirit. And it was quite revolutionary for me at the time. And Renee's one of those people that met me there, that journeyed with me. I enjoy and appreciate this conversation. And felt when I was re-editing this, re-listening to this, that there were many different nuggets of gold within here that will benefit you wherever you are in your business journey, providing some different context for learning and thinking about business and the different phases. I truly do believe that business is a spiritual path and it is a path where we are asked to be seen to step up to look at our own weaknesses and gaps and communication issues and anything you can think of it will show up in your business. So let's explore 14 yeah we were in a mastermind together and I think you were running the woman in social enterprise at that time as well which is how I connected with you um so we've had a real journey around business and spirituality and energy and all the things and we've been talking a lot around our own business journey lately and the evolution of business and consciousness and how it evolves and with the academic mindset and the framework mindset that I have, we've been both backing and forthing around the phases of business and how our relationship to business as self and business as an entity in its own right differs and moves as we grow as people and it grows as its own practice or its own energy force. So that's what we're going to have a conversation today. Thank you for... (laughs) 
collaborating and co-creating this space with me mm-hmm. um, yeah it, I'm looking forward to diving in because our journeys have um, while our experiences have been different our journeys have kind of gone parallel in terms of our own growth and evolution and so we we did talk about different phases that we've hit along the way I'm looking forward to exploring those yeah what do you want to share about you and your your road with business and well my career has been very non-linear and I started out as an archaeologist and working in in the cultural heritage space and working in consulting that's primarily been my my professional background has been in a consulting context over the years and then became more and more interested in community development and business as a a model for change or a tool for change uh, in creating bigger, better um, impact for communities and got really interested in social enterprise. Um, And I uh, started exploring that and with my own journey ended up in that space (laughs) Um, and and took quite a a big career change and set up a charity. I'd I'd run my own consulting business for many years from my early mid-20s and then set up a charity two years after I had my daughter. And then, and then that's been a journey and a process too, and continued that consulting path as well. So, my my journey's evolved, and my um, understanding of business has evolved, and I, I, I've launched into different aspects of myself along the way, mm-hmm. and I've explored business in in different arenas, personally and professionally, and. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a big, big process. <laughs> so that's sort of been different for me in a way in that I never, well, sort of in the back of my head, I think I always thought I would be a business person, but I never yeah. actually like went into doing it. But then I look at my journey and I'm like, oh, I was consulting from when I was in my mid-20s as well. Yet I would never have thought of that as a business. You know, it was just like something I fell into. And then mm-hmm. similarly with my business now I sort of fell into that by being I accidentally joined a um, well it was an art course thinking it was no it was a business course but I thought it was an art course and that (laughs) challenge was to to create an offering and um, yeah so that's how my business this my now business sort of started by accident and I mean I'm so grateful for that experience but it was never on my mind like this is my goal this is where I'm going um, but I look back and I'm like, I was sort of always on that path. I was always being prepared for it. So. It was a divine accident. By the sound <laughs> totally, <of> it. <laughs> totally. It was so weird. And even within that first offering, it was like, I was just putting out a like women's circles or something. And then from that, people just started asking me to coach them. So it evolved on its own. And that's been for me, the evolution on each step in terms of uh, responding. Um, and I'm in a different phase now, but that's for a later discussion but when you were talking I really wanted to sort of pinpoint that piece of um, within this discussion that what I see that our businesses are like they are like these vehicles for our own personal Mm -hmm. development and our spiritual growth and our maturation and our evolution in a way that um, I certainly didn't have when I was an employee because you're doing Mm -hmm. you're you're fulfilling someone else's calling in their path yet when you're having to at least in the way that we practice business you're having to like excavate that inner world and bring it out into the manifest into the world into the physical and share it with others there's a deeply personal aspect to it 
that that it goes beyond sometimes what's discussed um, in the mainstream field. Totally. It's personal is professional, professional is political, personal is political, <laughs> personal spiritual, professional spiritual. Um, yeah, it's it's all of the things. And I don't I don't think you always get that richness of growth and opportunity to do that work and it's not for everyone and um, it's certainly been the path that my soul has chosen to to grow and evolve consciously and learn more about myself and the world so it really is a vehicle through which we can express our own evolution and it mirrors our journey too we we create it and then and what we create is a mirror of our own consciousness so it throws back things <laughs> at you and you think oh gosh I've got to look at that aspect of myself and um, it's not it's not something necessarily that everyone wishes to dive into but it's something that everyone can do I think the same and I even feel I've had some interesting experiences late, lately talking with people who don't run their own businesses whereas I'm usually used to being around people who do and there's a lot of sort of belief out there by people that are employees that it's easy or you just you just offer this and it's this thing um do you have anything yeah. to speak into that aspect of <laughs> Oh my gosh. Business is a path that's easy. Definitely not. I think um, <laughs> it, it, it can come naturally for some, but there's just so many layers to it. When you first start out, you know, we, we talked about this and the different stages of our own evolution in business and when you start out there's a lot of ego involved so while you have this confidence that you think you can do things there's so much to learn there's so much that you actually don't know in a practical sense finances legals you know structures relationship management employing staff time management all of those things and then there's the the parts of yourself where you're you're in a, a leadership role if you are well, in business, anyone is, everyone is a leader in their own right anyway, but you're in a leadership role where other people are starting to look to you a bit more and, and you're having to provide that, that guidance and support while you're trying to figure it out yourself, let alone having other things going on in your life. And one, one note that I made that I, um, I wanted to, to mention is that business is never actually about business. It, 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 it's business is not business. Business is it actually intersects with your life. It it's like this expression of self, and it's bringing together all of those those different components in a very practical, structural, strategic sense, as well as your, your like own personal development and your your private life <laughs> kind mm. of comes into the picture too. Mm. Um, what what's your what's your feel about that mm. and your I almost, when I'm big, I'm just thinking back to when I started, it was almost like I had to put on a persona yeah. of that like fake confidence to, yeah, to just go. I mean, I was, sometimes I was terrified, but I almost didn't let myself be. I feel like the persona that I initially put on was sort of corporate because that was the framework I had for what business was and, right. um, which is an aspect of me. Mm-hmm. I still feel I have that aspect, but, but it wasn't deeply and truly me a lot of what I was doing even though I was like excavating this thing that wanted to be born through me and I was pulling it out and it was quite I guess spiritual I was still enacting many tropes you know like still the spirit many of the spirituality tropes that weren't actually unique to me and then also many of the 
uh, business aspects like trying to learn mm. what you should do in business as well yes. and so in some ways even though I was birthing this thing that was unique to me and from me it was also had a shell of other people's expectations of what business was or what spirituality was but that's also a necessary phase and I think part of what when I was sort of I sent to you that framework that we took we're going to outline three today, the early business journey and the relationship between us and business and then the middle phase where you're starting to look more at sustainability and then the third uh, where you are starting to interact with your business is more about consciousness, at least what we've identified. I'm sure there's so many more and there's probably like sub-phases within the phases. Mm. <laughs> um, but in that early phase, I think it's necessary to almost put on the, the jackets and be that, um yeah persona just to get it into the world because that birthing yes. process right and you you need to be tough and you need to be hard well I I felt that I couldn't I wouldn't have been able to express how I do now you know mm. it's like it's like I know I know that like I've in, integrated it is more integrate yes yeah yeah I've integrated those aspects but at the time it was like yeah. I was putting on new clothes they were yes. they weren't um yeah not, knowing tools or skills or, or aspects of me totally that's also the age we the age we were at as mm. well you know in our early mid-20s and you're coming into this sense of self and who you are <laughs> and how you fit in the world and so you look externally to try and make sense yeah. and um it, it's been a very masculine dominated arena and a lot of those frameworks are shifting and needing to shift and mm. so we kind of look to those and think well that's worked I'll just do that and then the you that start going hey hang on <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't fit anymore or those clothes don't fit or I call it the masks I felt like I kept putting on all of these masks and so I've been in this de-layering process mm. trying to actually strip all those masks off because I found myself standing on stages pitching and that that's a bit of um, healing work that needed to take place as well but that sense of like my life wasn't that great behind the scenes and this is where business is never business it's it it's all of your life but you're needing to separate them your identity needs to be separated and you need to be solid in your own life as well to then to be able to show up and be solid in business mm-hmm. um so yeah the clothing or the the, the de-robing and demasking is um, something that we've both gone through and that's mm-hmm. kind of the middle stage of business that we talk about Mm. where you start separating yourself and your identity so much of my identity early on was tied to what I did like who I was was what I did and my definition of success was was that very mainstream kind of traditional even somewhat patriarchal (laughs) definition of success about how you show up in the world and what you do when um that's not true, I've discovered. I want to pull on that before yeah. we go on. Is When I was in my early 20s, I felt I would look at people who were like, say, 32, and I'd be like, oh, my God, they've achieved so much. But the, what I achieved from that time to 32 was huge. Mm. So I just really want to share that with any any younger people who are watching this who are like beginning their journey. Don't compare yourself totally. to those. Like In that period of your life, like three or four years is phenomenal felt like oh there's not that much difference in our age you know then I've done all of that but I've actually done a lot in those years so um yes 
there's definitely yeah. a maturation and evolution from your 20s to your 30s even though it's not that many years mm. difference in some ways that what you can achieve is so big really um mm. well at least for me I don't I don't know mm. I I completely agree and I think the mindset that I had in my 20s was the the move fast and more and um mm. I, I felt like I I did achieve a lot too so I yeah the, they were kind of the years that oh gosh this this whole concept of achievement and success and failure is something that we've also spoken about but you can achieve a lot in that time it's just the way that I choose to work now is quite a bit different to to them Mm. as well did you feel then that you had achieved like that you were successful like looking back now you might think that but did you feel that um, I was always waiting for the next thing it was always in a consulting context well and the next tender the next project the next bid and you know winning the next client um kind of moving from one to the other and then I carried that mindset over into into um, setting up the, the charity and the next um, partnership or the next funding win or there were all, all these series of little wins within that but I don't think I ever stopped and celebrated it mm. at all it was always next 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 mm. until my soul led me on a journey that forced me to really stop and um that's a bit of a different story <laughs> only now I'm starting to look back and actually own what I did I don't think I owned it and celebrated it uh, at all well first I want to honor you and totally celebrate you you did phenomenal <laughs> and, and you. I, I saw it then but it was also what we were all doing like rushing you know I think in that group we were in, well. yeah we were all like let's you know we, were, we had that, yeah. that energy how do you feel about it do you feel that you I always know know, knew that I'm a bit slower in terms of like I wanted to create something sustainable, but I was always a bit like I was like, oh my god, you're doing amazing. (laughs) So honouring you for that. Thank you. Um, At the same time, in my own experience, I I didn't know. You know, I I didn't ever really recognise what I was doing. I was always chasing the next thing in whatever capacity, whether that was in business or academics or be on this board or whatever thing it it Mm. was it was more about what you should do for me at that time I think it was the beginning maybe around sort of when I started more into wonder kind as a business I did start questioning some of that stuff but I still didn't like feel in my body successful so I was sort of having some of those discussions and I think I posted like a few blogs on LinkedIn about what does success mean or whatever, you know, it was like the LinkedIn blog stage. Um, mm. And so I was asking those questions, but I didn't feel that. Yeah, it's interesting to see, to look back as well. Mm. Yeah. I, I've actually really loved walking side by side with you in your wonder kind journey um, and uh, just seeing you just totally step into spaces um, and lean into fear and lean into, you know, your own growth and development and um, continually support people and hold space. Well, I know you've been working on your own business and self throughout that. It's been so phenomenal and so special. So thank you for 
for answering the call because it takes a lot of courage to do that. Mm. So, so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Before we move to the next one, I did want to, I wrote down um, sort of how I saw that first phase. So I just want to um, tie that together yeah. for everyone who's listening, breaking these down into like the learnings that happen in a way. And so the first phase is learning about business. You're pr- pretty much learning about traditional business, but also in the process, perhaps unconsciously, you are becoming that yourself is like what well, I was focused completely on business and the potential blocks at that early phase that I see is just the self-worth of putting yourself out there and being seen for what you're going to step into because it's probably mm. something at least if it's like a values-based business whether that be social enterprise or spirituality or energy or whatever I mean everything we do is all those things anyway but, mm. but if you're put placing one of those labels on it probably is something that's been within your body wanting to be birthed for some time and Mm. heeding that call can be scary, those first initial steps of stepping Mm. into it. And then the ego part that I saw was that the sense of having to prove oneself for choosing that soul call over perhaps what you've traditionally done. Yes, yeah, Mm. especially if it's been a little bit different to, I guess, the society that you you come from or grew up in the cultural context, your family context. The higher self aspect of that. So we, you know, whenever we're in anything, we can tap into our ego or our higher self. The higher yeah. self who's sort of holding us within all, all that is that need to express your soul calling and your soul signature within the world outside of, mm. outside of what you've been programmed with. And so I feel like that higher self is, that unconscious that's pushing you to to mm. do that that's that's present so you can tap into either of those um know that if you're tapping into your uh, ego that your higher self's also present for you to tap into yes yes i um i didn't know that early on <laughs> me <either>. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was more ego centered for me initially mm. Totally. The first phase was more ego for sure. The second phase that we talked about was, you know, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but that the business and self have become a little bit codependent. So like you were saying earlier, um, we're defining ourselves as business owners or and we maybe don't know how to the space between our personal lives and our business. So do you want to speak a little bit on that? moving into another that next phase from the startup phase that we, we yeah this um actually coincided with when I had my daughter and mm. that uh, the the journey of mothering and parenthood really shifted my view of self and my own identity and I went through an, an, an identity crisis because I detached so much of my worth and value to what I did in the world and who that meant who I was in a professional context you know because everyone you go to you meet anyone they ask you what you do and like that's the gold standard of (laughs) who you are and what your contribution is and um it's not true so I went through like a process of figuring that out for myself and then that began the journey of well if I'm not that my career pivoted you know I was no longer able to do the work I was necessarily doing in the past going to remote desert locations and on surveys and walking country and spending weeks on archaeological projects and um, 
so I I I went through a, another inward journey and um, my family experience started to come into the picture a lot more. I'd lost my mum only two years before I had my daughter and I started thinking about, well, what really mattered was the consulting path, something that really was that important to me when my family had just been through this period of enormous grief and trans transformation and, um, you know, experiencing the loss of a loved one to mental health issue and then my own mental health after having my daughter wasn't that great at all. I, I had postnatal depression and so I started thinking, well, there's, it's, and I was isolated at the time. I'd seen my mum was extremely isolated. I'd started questioning the community and um, how, how we can come together and start actually addressing some of these issues and so I set up set up the charity and um, I lost my identity in it again <laughs> completely. I, I became my story because it was so personal to me, that journey, that it wasn't about my profession. It was about my family experience, my personal experience, how, how I could use that to create some kind of change. And I, mm. um, so I went through early phase one again in the second venture and then, and then went, uh, on a health journey um, over the last few years of pendant and that coincided with a very uh, visceral extended period of spiritual awakening as well you know not only did I practically kind of go into that space and question and start exploring it's like this deep internal itching inside of my being like a, a fractured sense of like you're not doing it you're not living your full potential you're missing the, the very thing that you are and I'd had my spirituality off to the side for most of the time I never knew how I could fit it into my life where it was it was always wanting to be expressed and I was always wanting to talk about it but felt that I couldn't and that's you know that's a different conversation around the the persecution and the sense of persecution in the spiritual mm. arena and the healing space so my my extraction I, I kind of went through it with the the parenting journey and then again with my own health journey um, and separating myself from those organizations how did you explore or, or come into your mm. your phase two experience what mm. was that like for you for me oh, even though you said that the spiritual um, persecution is another story I think for me that that was my second phase really and truly expressing myself fully in the way I needed to so for me it was around that I had sort of jumped into spiritual archetype for for the running of my business so that it was and it was really compartmentalized as well and I was struggling to combine the two like spirituality and business so I think to enable that to take place I jumped more into that role of, of being a healer the problem with jumping into that role was that every time I had a personal issue in my life <laughs> then it was like it was shattered right you know yeah. then I felt like I was fake and I um yeah that I couldn't serve my clients because I had I had owned that so much as who I was and who my business was and what mm. I did that the personal and the the business was so intertwined for me I had a a psychologist say to me, you know, that this work we do was just a role. 
And when she said that, it was so freeing to mm. sort of see how I had owned it as my person, you know, my person, rather yeah. than that's a space I step into for um, that time. So at that period of time, that's what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And I needed to begin to extract myself from my business and see them as two different energetic entities that mm. um, even though I was still obviously, you know, I, I'm still fueling a large part of that because I'm my own brand in many ways, you know, but it's also allowed me to have a bit of separation between my personal life and my business life and they weren't mm. all the same. So while at the same time beginning to own and recognize the successes. Yes. So go, oh, yeah. you know, my clients are achieving all this, but like I'm a failure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. even though they're my coaching clients, you know, like it just doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> like no. they've achieved all their goals and launched books, <laughs> they've improved their relationships, like all the things. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm yes, I know that one. <laughs> I'm flawed. It's yeah. um Tara Brack is a psychologist and a meditation teacher and she calls it um, the, what is it, the, the mask of unworthiness, I think, mm. the, the um, uh, like hypnosis, uh, hypnosis, the, I don't know, basically it's, all, it's in all of us, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> this sense of unworthiness even though we can see that externally you know we're actually supporting people to have this amazing transformation in their life Mm -hmm. Um, and I I think part of that phase at least for me was starting to own pieces of the success so we were saying earlier it was like I couldn't see it or maybe I'd have a moment of yay but that next phase, it was like taking a little bit longer. Planning. Let it sink in <laughs> and, and, and take it on board. I, I wanted to ask you, do you feel that as you move through your own healing and self-exploration um, and your sense of personal boundaries and self-worth changed, mm-hmm. that that influenced your extraction or, or sense of being different from your business or a separate mm. being an entity to your business yeah that's so interesting question for me like my view beliefs our self-worth is our manifestation so mm. whatever level of self-worth we have is what we can create and mm. there's lots of other components to that um yet it, it's it's so, so amazingly surprising how much I see that I would do a big healing process and then my business would have growth. They're so intertwined in that way. And totally. It's not always clear. Like you're not always working on um, business when you have that breakthrough. You know, it might be I'm doing no. some work with like a love coach or something and then I have a breakthrough, but the impacts show up in my business. The self-worth is in the picture and so I guess we need to move in and out of the compartmentalization and the merging it comes back to um the feeling that I had and wanted to impress is that business is never business (laughs) it's just a label (laughs) because you go through your own journey and evolution your own consciousness development and and the consciousness of your business shift so much and and Mm. but I think a point to mention is 
then another part of what makes business business is receiving money for the exchange. Yes. Um, yeah, and that's a measurable thing. So, mm. but we also need to do work around the self-worth of that and extracting all the energy or programming we've placed on that to enable that flow to happen at the level where that doesn't define your creation or your business. Yeah, it's happening in conjunction and allow, yeah, allowing also a vehicle for the, the growth and the change and the shift. Mm, yes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. lots of like self-worth isn't measurable but money is, you know, so, so you can start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and this comes down to the definition of success again because it's the self-worth and the inner work that actually truly allows you to feel a sense of success and also living your purpose and living on purpose, which comes more to, I think, the phase, the phase three. For me, that's the definition of success is to feel that sense of peace and wholeness mm-hmm. and integration in my being and know that I've shown up and, and stepped into my calling and served as you know my higher self for a higher purpose and and the financial component because that's the world we live in is a critical part of being able to do that absolutely yeah Yeah, because the more that you make the more you can serve and it's exponential and I feel as well that second phase it is a bit like you're starting to explore some of those concepts in a different way when we're we're starting to play a bit with that sense of our business as a container, but we're not quite there. There's still things we're hitting up against. And this is actually the phase, you know, they say businesses, I can't remember the number of the number of years that businesses typically last, but it's around this phase, like six six years or something. Oh, six years. years. Yes. Three to six years, that's the hardest because you're you're at that breakthrough point of you've set the foundations, but potentially you're not. Um, seeing that it manifested in the abundance quality yet quite yet in the same way mm. and so it's that that phase of like is are you really in it and yes and what's, yeah. what's driving you at, in that time that middle time it's like what what are the foundations of what you've set up and are they the right foundations and in what way mm. yes it, it is the that is the hardest part the first one to three years that's when most businesses fail and then the next sort of three to, to six years is a, a more of a bit of a, a another little growth stage I mean you say fail I, I I I think we need to redefine what that actually means as well True. um but it, they it takes time to prove. It takes time to lay the foundation. It takes time to come into, you know, who you are and learn all of those things so that, you know, they become a part of you. Like you said, the very practical but also the personal and the spiritual and, the, you know, your, the how you want to show up. And so the one point that I would impress on people, and this has definitely been my journey around the, the notion of success and failure is, Persistence is so key. Um, my dad taught me this and he said to me that the moment that you give up, you're usually one step away from succeeding. The other, the other thing that I want to impress is the difference between persisting and pushing against the grain. Mm. And um, my dad also called it blind ambition. Uh, and I would probably say actually not really listening to your higher self. Mm. 
and then persisting in that, even in the face of adversity, anchoring to your higher vision and higher knowing to guide you. So persisting from that perspective rather than your ego-dominated perspective. Mm. And how would you say that people can tap into that if they don't know? A lot of contemplation. <laughs> a lot of, you know, like it is that inner work journey. It's knowing thyself, getting to know who you are really well and leaning into the fear and making making decisions that might not always logically make sense, but there's a part of you that knows that's the direction you need to be going in. And I think it's better to make any decision than no decision. I would also say we all know, like we actually all innately know within us. It's just we've been so conditioned to not listen. Mm. And so it's a matter of actually just stilling your your mind if you've got children if you've got family if you're working full-time and you're you're you know you've also you're also creating on this path of business yourself is actually carving out those spaces to really nourish and nurture your inner being to be able to tap into it more and more so it becomes more of the space that you navigate from rather mm. than it being that thing that you do outside of you mm. how how would you say mm. yeah Mm-hmm. it's interesting because as you were talking I was like I feel as if that, that has changed across the times for me um mm-hmm. things that really align like there's no question it, it, it mm-hmm. is so synchronistic and it flows so naturally that you can't even you're like where did this come from and yeah, I think so true. I think that that in business at least that's one sign that it's an alignment um, when mm-hmm. it's a bit in question, I'm I'm in I'm shifting around how I'm thinking of that at the moment. Currently, um, you know, after this time when we've had a, well, I've had the opportunity mm-hmm. to have a lot of contemplation. I'm now thinking if anything's in question, it's a no, which isn't how I've been operating because I want I want that level of flow and clarity around things but but that also requires a lot more of the excavation Mm. and the trust in receiving help from others and hearing how they perceive you which definitely I wouldn't have been able to do in the first phase I couldn't ask for feedback Mm. it was like I just needed to get it out of me and I couldn't have yeah the feedback was just too hard to receive (laughs) at least now I'm moving more into that that um, taking the external but not owning the external so allowing mm. it to flow through in that um, middle phase, I would say that was probably the hardest for me to really know, yeah, what was an alignment and what wasn't because you, it goes beyond just breaking down um, business at that phase. It sort of also goes into like, how do I organize my day? Um, how do I want to spend my energy? Where do I want to invest the money that I have for my business? What areas? So many more questions that start to arise around that that aspect of, of what our higher self wants to express. That it's, yeah. it's a lot. And, you know, I've, I've said this to you before, but I, I see it energetically. It's like those kelp on the beach, you know, the seaweed just all twisted um, that's laid up on the beach that's a bit like that phase is like okay so I've got something going here you know I've got interest and um, people people want to engage with it but like how do I want to express it now and it's like literally yes. pulling out strand by strand by strand uh, trying to feel lighter and clearer in how you're expressing it and know that it's it is divine rather than 
someone else's vision mm. way. Yes, so so phase one is very much about learning all the systems, learning all the things, the the professional, um, figuring out just how to operate in the world, how you as a being operates, and so it's all intertwined. Phase two is very much about okay, now I've got that knowledge in me, mm. I've got a sense of who I am in a way, which is more based on your profession. Yeah. And to, to then going, yes, you, you get to start questioning what your vision for your life is and how you are recognising that you have have a choice in this mm-hmm. and and then that the traditional systems aren't always the right systems. I'll read, just read out what I wrote for this yes. phase. Um, yes. But in that phase, it's uh, seeking a sense of sustainability to operate in your business in an abundance model consciousness so Mm. um so that it's not running on that fear or proving yourself or how will I survive it's beginning to move into okay how do I want to be flourishing in my life while Mm. also providing the service it's starting to move into that and the potential blocks are well, I wrote for me, it was that abundance consciousness, the sense of proving the business. So still falling into proving myself a little bit. Mm. Um, and then my ego, the seeking of that sustainability made me question if I could really do it. Like, can, can mm. I really do this? And um, my higher self continues to hold that path and vision. Like it knows, mm. you know, it's like, yeah, like you have to keep going. As we say, I feel like, um, I haven't integrated the space completely, but what I'm yeah, hoping I at least <laughs> is that um, what I feel in my body and what I've had time to reflect on in this time of a break is that the business now becomes a container for all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's, it's um, part of me, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. And it's also um, an expression of myself and it's a, a, a serving of others and it's a, um, a language of spirit. It's not so much my language anymore, but within that I can start to pattern my own desires outside of the language of spirit. That, that's mm-hmm. how I'm feeling about it right now. <laughs> I've been coming into the, this sense of phase three myself as we Mm -hmm. talked about and for me it is very much about an integrated self and my skills and I've kind of as I said I've been through these identity shifts with parenting and profession and and family and um, health and and all of these things and so I actually come to the point where I tend to be all or nothing and so I think my life lesson is is learning how to be actually I say all or nothing, it's like one extreme or the other and I tend to, to cut off. So it's like archaeology, that's what I used to do. And now I'm re-owning that part of myself and all of the skills that I learned through that and, mm. and weaving that into my business in ways that aren't always seen. And, and the energy healing work, weaving all of the energy stuff in in a different way and the coaching and the consulting and then anything else that I've ever learned. So my sense of self is um, a whole being and I come from that place of absolute divine guidance. I mean, mm. I've still got 
the, the ego programs and cultural context, all of that, that we, we can't ever really shift. But I wake now every day instead of, you know, I used to have a, a bit of martyrdom energy actually of like how, like I'm here to do this thing. Like I, you know, I felt it so deeply in me, but the energy of it was wrong. So now it's more more present and still and in alignment with flow. And when I say I seek feedback, it's not, I'm looking for for the silent feedback, not the verbal feedback, but how if I step in this direction, is is it taking me somewhere? Yes, okay, I'll keep following that. If it's not, then I I don't push as much anymore and I let other people in too so phase three is actually I'm learning (laughs) the very very beginning stage but becoming into a sense of unification and actually being driven by a higher guidance which is being curated over the last few years and getting to know what that inner desire and expression is that wants to come through as a sovereign being Mm, that's so beautiful I love that like that silent um, messaging or the silent patterning and call because mm. it because one thing I feel really strongly is like even though we we all know what our thing is it's also quieter than the programming mm. voices our deep and annoying is quite subtle and I think one of the beautiful pieces about this phase is that we're starting to know that voice a little more we, we start to recognise that subtle is the right one and we also recognise even when challenges come up or blocks are happening that we will get through them, we'll be safe. Mm. Whereas I think in the early phases I didn't know that, you know, no. when I would hit something, you know, when I would hit an energetic glass ceiling, I would think that was the end of me, you know, I did I, or, or I would think I'll never come out of this. This will last forever. We're but over time and and at the same time I also recognize that in the beginning people couldn't see my vision and mm. so they would question a lot of things from that traditional sense so I was also open to a lot of programming whereas now in this phase people can see my vision so they back off that a little bit in terms of you should do this or you should do that because they understand because I've been able to articulate it better and do my own work around that and so I feel more supported from my external world as well Mm. and that interplay allows me to flourish and I wrote um as I'm saying that I sort of wrote wrote this thing explaining some of the Maori words that that there are in mana the term mana I mean it's our inner power that we have but that's amplified when it's recognized by others Mm. and I feel that in that early phase we may not have the recognition to amplify it so Mm. we have to just foster the inner flame and trust in that so deeply and that is a really challenging piece of it (laughs) when when no one can see your vision (laughs) yes yes I completely agree our vision is actually our most powerful anchor but it can also be a really lonely space Mm. to to operate in because it's making the invisible visible and that only comes through time and through experience and through others experiencing your your mana your essence your soul expression so it's actually our, our vision is our most powerful asset but we're collective beings we, totally. we, we need our community and and often we're doing this work 
for our community and so when they don't mm. get it it's like a stab you know yes. <laughs> it's like <"Whoa." laughs> yeah yeah I agree I like that actually the phase three has been an amplification of your mana I was reading your glossary this morning again and, and that that particularly stood out to me I'm using your words <laughs> the, the the co-reflective um component of amplifying or embodying more of your mana and then mm. that flowing out into your community physically and energetically mm. that's really beautiful that's very much what phase three is about and it's and as you're speaking it's also giving me some understanding because I feel like when I was in phase two I was actually quite resistant to the term of serving others like mm. I felt I've spoken to you about this before but yes. because my um grandmother was so giving and my, my family was so giving and I felt like she passed before her time because of that because it was all about the other rather than about mm. her own nourishment I sort of went the other direction of okay I'm going to do this but the, uh, I'm the most important and I still believe that but but the energetics have changed somewhat in terms of the the way we can all benefit by giving and serving mm. maybe I'm still not on board with that word because it's not feeling like mm. completely in alignment <laughs> with me but I'm all about empowerment of everyone like I do believe that like we can all empower each other together as but it's the fact that we're all rising probably the word serve has has got a historical component to it mm. that needs to be rewritten because in a higher sense and expression of the word it's actually really beautiful mm. but I I agree. I actually um, I, I know how you've experienced that, and every time I've said service or serving, you're like, oh, shy <laughs> away. But I I feel that call to be of service so strongly. But it's divine service. It like deeply expressed self nourishment, serving of the mm. self now in that divine sense to then take that externally I think I was trying to understand it in phase two like I was trying to feel good about that but but now I can feel that it is more embodied that it's gen it's mm. genuinely overflowing I'm genuinely wanting to like just give whereas, whereas that wasn't wasn't so present before it was mm. more like okay here's your allocated time where I'm giving <laughs> <laughs> I've always experienced you as actually I've felt that abundance of um, receiving so of you giving to me throughout in you know, particular the last few years but mm. since I've known you so it's very interesting because it's actually one of your absolute superpowers. <laughs> so I've got in this phase that the learning we're doing is to trust that all is in order so mm even though we may be dropping some of the traditional aspects, we're learning still, but we're not taking it in in the same way we maybe did in the earlier ways of this is how you should do it or this is how mm. it has to be done. So we just have to trust that whatever we do will work, which is, mm. is quite a quite yeah. a learning experience. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I completely agree. And I, yeah, trusting that there's a higher plan, a higher path, anchoring to that, even if it doesn't make sense at the time, you don't get that, that confirmation or the, the feedback sometimes immediately comes quite a lot later. My, my sense of timescales has changed. You know, my urgency that I had before, the next, the next, the next, now, fast, fast, fast. Mm -hmm. Um, more gratif immediate gratification has shifted 
and I've noticed that I actually feel so much more peace and I allow myself to move in in more universal harmony and working with actually organic time rhythms <laughs> rather than mm. these these falsely created structures that we've we've put on ourselves the nine to five and the this week to that week and mm. um, if you don't achieve something within six months then it means this it's no actually this is a life's work you know if you're actually stepping into your calling and you're creating a purposeful meaningful business around it this is your life's work mm. so you can't rush your life it doesn't mean that you can't take decisions that are quickly actionable but you you do anchor to that that higher vision and knowing for the journey <laughs> not just for tomorrow and it's so funny because as you were speaking I remember that I, I maybe it was like the third or first fourth post I ever posted on Instagram I said that I'm building a body of work you know mm-hmm. like and it was that resistance to some of the messaging so my higher self always knew that I was building a body of work but my human self forgot sometimes you know Mm. my human self will get caught up in that that narrative of and that masculine narrative of business which I learn a lot from I'm really grateful that that teaching is there and I feel like we wouldn't have so many resources business resources if some of those men weren't out there sharing the way that they do and they've created phenomenal things Um, but we also as women or anyone really, but specifically women, I think we do need to question our own cycles, our own moon cycles, our own energetic flows, Mm. how we want to um, use our energy because energy is abundant and it can shift and change. And there's different forms of energy. There's like time and our money and what we want to create in the different pockets of those. But there's also the things that have to fit into all of those. So there's our family, there's our love life, there's our hobbies, if, if you have them. <laughs> your business isn't your hobby. <laughs> but all these things require different pockets of energy. So just adhering to one narrative of what business is without taking into account the personal and energetic flow and the way that you want to express is doing yourself a disservice, I feel. Um, Mm. But that is part of the learning journey and the consciousness evolution that we're all going through and I guess we're talking about here today as well. Yes, thank you. I I also want to acknowledge actually um, the the influence and support of men in the business Mm. arena and there's some amazing people that I've had the privilege of walking alongside in Mm. in business both in in the consulting space in the um, heritage space in the charity in the not-for-profit in social enterprise and and the the conscious business space I think the learning for that is is that it's asking us to integrate our own unhealed masculine and and integrate our own unhealed feminine and and for phase three it's actually bringing both of those energies together in ourself so it's unified (laughs) so it's almost as though the first phase then is like masculine and the second phase is trying to be feminine Mm. you know trying to well for me it was it was almost that swing and then this third phase was like that trying to integrate yes based on your own unique soul signature even in terms of my own work like men who have been willing to do coaching with me or step into the spiritual realm and be vulnerable has Mm. been really healing for me as a woman to 
receive that side of it as well, not just the power, the go, the that, but to receive the vulnerability in terms of their own desire to evolve consciously um, yes. has been really powerful for me to witness. Yeah, because the world needs both. That's why both energies are created. <laughs> that was so beautiful. I want to ask you one question um, to wrap up. The question I want to ask you is what does sovereign leadership mean to you um, particularly in relation to business for me sovereign leadership is dropping the programming of the world in every aspect in business it is that same thing it's like expressing who you are in the masculine and the feminine and Mm -hmm. in the passion and vibration that you need to express it because I think we're so programmed in ways we don't even realise. And, and I've certainly found that in this time, like things have come up I never would have even imagined that that was running the way that I operate. Mm. And so we all have that. That's part of this human journey is like shedding the things we've picked up that no longer serve us as, as a race, you know, across lifetimes and through our lineages, mm. things we're carrying through our family lines, through our cultures. Um, we've been programmed in so many different ways um, through our roles, through mm. our um, choices, through our expectations. So those are the, all those like layers that are on top. And then sovereignty is the, our natural vibration that we are without those. And I don't know if as human beings we'll ever truly touch that. It's sort of like a goal we may not reach, but we get glimpses of it. We get mm. those moments where we're like, Oh, that we can just breathe because we know we're fully us. So I, I see sovereign leadership as demanding that of all of us, demanding that we step into that sphere of vibrating at at that level and that we know we can, we are that powerful and, and that is that mm. possible for us. We don't, we, yes, you can have little rests where you binge on Netflix and you know, <laughs> whatever, eat chocolate, like you, we're still human as well the higher space we're moving to with those integration of that is possible and holding ourselves all to that is what you mean by sovereign leadership. Do you have anything to say to that at all? To say to that, I think that um, sovereign leadership needs to be the new normal, Mm. Uh, that it's entirely what our evolutionary journey is about, particularly at this point in time. It's so powerful actually as a narrative and as a, a, a sense of being to be able to come into that sovereign space. And it, it really is about integration and uh, aligning more with our God self, our divine self, our um, deeper I, and, and leading from you know, the space of compassion and honesty and transparency and courage and community and um all those good beautiful yummy things that make us as you know us as as um a collective so powerful and south point i think it's actually the next evolutionary phase for humanity is to drop a lot of that the lower ego programming the lot of the i in service of the we but you have to tap into your own deeper i <laughs> your i am first to be able to then understand fully 
how to lead in your own life to then be able to you know lead in community but for me um what i'm starting to come into the space of feeling is that true sovereign leadership is about supporting others as they rise in their own mm. sovereignty and we've spoken about this too so i'm really feeling to hold space for people that mm. are going on this journey and then using all of the tools that i have um, my toolkit <laughs> to be able to do that mm. and and also share of myself probably more vulnerably um, in terms of my own personal journey around business and yeah. self-development and health and well-being. Yeah, I feel that too. Like like it, even two things were coming to mind as you were talking and one was that everyone's really hungry for this. They may not know mm. it, but they are like when they get to touch that vulnerability or when they get to touch that sovereignty or when they get to touch that realness, there's like a sigh of relief because some of their yeah. masks start to shed and they're like, oh, I don't have to hold these so tightly. Um, mm. So it is such a gift. And um, then the other aspect is also that it, in a way it's like stepping away from being grassroots to almost just holding and supporting and supporting is a different energetic than doing or showing. And mm. that's, I mean, it's still all that stuff, but it's different energetic in the way that the, the people become empowered and, how we how we've talked about supporting mm. others so I think it's really beautiful to have this conversation and acknowledge mm. that shift into that space because I certainly feel that in my own journey that there's been a shift in my role in terms of how I want to support and mm. the wisdom that I'm aware I hold now that I maybe wasn't mm. aware of and and I'd really invite um, anyone listen to just take little steps to practice sharing like you know if you feel mm. that you're in a, a, a bad mental health space and it might not even be a mental health it might just be that you aren't used to expressing sadness or you're not used to expressing grief or you're not used to expressing anger just start sharing little pieces because the angels human angels will show up mm. like they're always around and we I think on this path we can sometimes hold a lot of that inside and not share it and it's scary to share and it's not always received in the way we want it to be received and no one can really fully ever understand us and no one can really fully understand all the components that are that are fueling us but the more it's like building a muscle to, to talk as well communicate it's like learning a new way of mm. communicating and maybe in that way I want to add to the sovereignty piece that the sovereignty is also being yourself within the community, being yourself while others are also being powerful, so moving power from a zero-sum power where I have power over you to mm. I can be in my power while you're in my power, while you're in your power, mm. so, which is my power because together we, we amplify Amplify, amplify yeah. the mana of everyone. Yeah, that can't happen unless we do have those moments where we are vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. but thank you. Thank you. Thank so you excited. so much.